Yeah, well, I'll start at the start, shall I? You might have met Dennis Lambert, did you? He's long dead, but uh, he and I, we lived not far from each other, around here, not far from here, actually, and uh, we'd, we had meetings at my local pub and uh, talking cricket, of course, which was the whole idea. And then it was I, uh, I'm, I'm going to claim it was I who had the idea of trying to form an organisation. And he said, yes, what a good idea. And <laughs> so we um, arranged a meeting uh, at Edgbaston, uh, Edgbaston Cave, and I got in touch with a few people who I, I knew already, Edwin Thomas, you heard of him, of course. Mm -hmm. He died a couple of years ago, yep. and one or two others, and they were all for it. And uh, so we arranged this first meeting in, oh God, what year was it? Would it be? March of 73, was it? Probably. But I can tell you this at the first meeting, Dennis Lambert, <laughs> he was scared to death. <laughs> and so I. I stood up and started talking, and uh, I surprised myself how much I could talk, you know. But then one of the people who was there was a chap called Irving Rosenwater. He was, well, against it right at the start. He said uh, it wasn't necessary. He said the, the Critics Society did everything that, uh, with critics statistics that anybody could wish for. And he had a vote to, uh, on whether we should form ourselves into a new organisation or apply to the Critics Society for affiliation, more or less. I was all against it, and, but fortunately we won by one vote. <laughs> had we not won, I'm not sure what would have happened, actually. I don't think I'd have accepted it. <laughs> So we started there when I was going to say we elected a committee, we didn't elect a committee, we selected a committee. Peter Wynne Thomas was the first treasurer, chapter called Philip Thorne was on the committee. He didn't say much, but he was a good worker. Chapter called David Gallagher, I don't know what's happened to him. He was on the committee, and me, and Lambert of course, yeah. Again. It was a lot of talk, but we decided to do every so often books about each county. A list of all the players for first class players for each county and, and find out names, full names, births and deaths and records and everything like that. And the first county we did was Warwickshire. <laughs> Mainly because I said, oh yeah, I can do that. Yeah. God, it was hard. <laughs> Hard work, but uh, it, it appeared years afterwards. I had to occasionally look at it and feel rather ashamed. <laughs> but uh, we had to do something because we, it had all been taught up to then. So well, we had Warwickshire, and then then we decided to do Worcestershire. And the only person that I could find to do Worcestershire was a fourteen-year-old schoolboy <laughs> called Tim Nielsen. And he said, oh yeah, I can do it. I thought, oh, nobody else wanted to do it. And he did it. He did a darn good job. But several years later, I met his mother and she said, you know, I did most of that. Because <laughs> 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 because Tim was always doing homework. <laughs> but anyway, he did a darn good job. But then he... Uh, in the end, he formed some sort of a religious organisation. I don't know what it was, and I don't know what happened to him after that. But early on, especially with the Worcestershire booklet, he was absolutely invaluable. And as I say, the fact that he was only about 14 or 15, it was quite amazing. Mm. And then we, uh, we did other counties. I can't remember which county came next. Uh, Possibly Leicestershire, because Dennis Lambert was a member of Leicestershire. So we did Leicestershire and then Nottinghamshire, probably because 
Peter Wynne Thomas was a librarian at Trent Bridge. And then uh, Derbyshire, because we had a, an old chap called Frank Peach who he wanted to do Derbyshire, so we, we let him do it and he did a, a decent job. And so it went on and on and on. But um, some people decided we wanted to do a bit more than this. So I, again, I must say, simply because no other member of the committee wanted to put his head above the parapet. <laughs> uh, I said, oh, I'll edit a quarterly journal called The Critic Statistician. And, oh God, I love that. I enjoyed it. Uh, and for the first 50 issues, I think, I was, uh, I was editor. But then we had problems on the committee and... Uh, I decided that I'd had enough anyway, and I, I, I can't remember who replaced me, but then eventually the editor was a chap called Philip Bailey, who was a, a really good editor, and then we've had other editors since who I don't know much about because uh, by that time I was uh, sort of, I was on the sidelines. Um, God, is there anything else? <laughs> You want to know? <laughs> well, I gather that uh, Irving Rosenwater softened his attitude towards the project in these well, ways. Well, sort of. If it was possible for him to soften <laughs> his attitude. Uh, but he was always argumentative. <laughs> and uh, I remember once what is it, I, I wrote a, an article in... Uh, for the Cricketer, I think, I'm not quite sure, the Cricketer International, because after a time I was a regular writer in the, in the Cricketer, and oh God, he, he went mad, he said, how dare you write an article about this, because I was researching this. <laughs> I said, no, I'm sorry, but you should have told me. You know? and, and we fell out for about three years, then he, he came back to me, we had a bit of wine, and then he started attending London meetings because we had London, some London meetings, and then so it wasn't too bad towards the end. And then I had an, another falling out with him. I can't remember what it was about, and I I tried to telephone him, and I couldn't get an answer. And then I, I had a phone call from somebody else to tell me he'd been found dead, which was rather a shock. Mm. And uh, so that was Irving gone. <laughs> and somebody else who joined us early on was Bill Frindle. So he didn't do anything for us. I can say that because he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, but he did. He, he, he remained a member and mm. I was reasonably friendly with him, you know. And, and, but uh, he, we could have done without him, quite frankly. And somebody else who was very keen. David Frith, you know David Frith? Mm. He's still a member today. He's still a member. Yeah. I thought he, he probably would be. He was very keen, but he didn't want to be on the committee. <laughs> but uh, I'll say he was really, and I think, I think he had articles in, in, in the cricket statistician and things like that, you know, and I got on very well with him and with his wife as well because of that. Debbie. I've got on very well with David Frith. Uh, and uh, I'm glad he's still uh, a member. I mean, he's older than me. <laughs> I don't know how he does it. Uh, but, uh, so we go, went on and on and fallings out. I fell out with uh, various members of the committee and so I resigned from the committee and then I regretted it. But they didn't want me back. <laughs> so I had to stay outside. But then many, many years later, Peter Wynne Thomas said to me, how would you like to be elected on the committee again? <laughs> it was a shock to me. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I said, oh, all right. Uh, who will propose me? He said, well, he wanted to propose me. And I can't remember who seconded me, but he said, You'll walk it. Like hell did I, I wasn't elected. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
<laughs> and so that was it. And after that, I've, I've not been active at all. Uh, well, I've had this eye trouble, which uh, is incurable. And so I can't do any research or anything like that. So, but I'm still pleased to be a member and I hope I'll be able to be at the 50th anniversary meeting. Well, as long as somebody gets me there, I'll be there because obviously I can't drive, so I can't see any fun in the end of my nose. But, uh, but I want to go there, e even if I'm just there just to sit there and maybe say, ah, I founded you lot, I thought of you lot. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, I must be there. Is, having a, is it November? October. October, October isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I haven't got long to wait, have I? To, still be around I think I hope. <laughs> we hope so too. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Peter Wynn Thomas earlier yeah. and you've spoken very eloquently about uh, a few of the early colourful characters associated with oh, yeah. uh, the ACS. Do you, do you have any uh, good stories about him? He, he passed recently too. Yeah he passed away about a year ago. Well I don't know what you call a good story. He and I we're, we're always falling out. <laughs> that seems to be a bit of a yeah, theme. I'm afraid so. I but think that's the case on most committees. To but be then clear. right at the end, he he proposed me for the committee again, but I wasn't elected. And uh, I, I phoned him up when I, I'd been told I wasn't going to be elected. He said, what? I said, oh, I've been told I'm not going to be elected. I don't think you could believe it. <laughs> but uh, then he, of course, he died. He's older than me, so... Uh, um, then Dennis Lambert died, uh, Philip Thorne died. God, who else is there? That, that was about it on there. Oh, uh, David Gallagher, but I don't know what's happened to him. He'd, he'd, he'd be about my age, so he's probably dead as well. Yeah. <laughs> all, all cheerful stuff, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Some, something I was anxious to press you on, uh, the evolution of the ACS, what it views as its remit. At the start, it was very much the Association of Cricket Statisticians. Yeah, uh, the right, and yeah. historians came later. The and now, really, it's the ACH, truly speaking. The, the history is really uh, the prime mover. Oh, uh, yeah. Do you, do you, would that be correct of me to assert? Suppose it's correct, but I, I was happy... Uh, where it was just that the Association of Cricket Statisticians. And I was not too happy when it was that decided to add historians on it because we used to do the history anyway. Mm. You know, mm. uh, I can, and then what do you say it is now? The, well, it's now the Association of Cricket Statisticians and Historians, although yeah. his, history is very much uh, history is, now. History yeah. more, more or less taken over, hasn't it? It has, rather. Yeah. Uh, given, yeah. given how m most, most of the lacuna in our statistical knowledge, especially with respect to first-class cricket, have now been filled. Well, yeah. So there's a lot less to be done, isn't there? Yeah, there's, well, very little to be done, actually. Yeah. I mean, I, I realised that a long time ago. Yeah. We, uh, in fact, a quite a long time ago, I reckoned that we'd, uh, how do I put it, there was no further use for us. <laughs> because all the research had been done, all the statistical research anyway, you know, and that was it. But uh, so that's why it became more of a history thing. But I, just, I wouldn't have thought there was a lot of history to be found out now, actually. So, uh, what will happen then? I don't know. Oh, something else that we had a bit of a falling out with was over, limited overs matches. Mm. Uh, I was accused, uh, unfairly actually, of being against limited overs cricket. Well, that was another falling out on the committee. And because I was told that my attitude wasn't uh, the modern attitude here. I resigned from the committee then. I think. <laughs> no, I, no, I gave up the editorship of the journal. That's right. I didn't resign from the committee then. 
It'd be interesting to know, Robert, about the um, the challenges of producing those early books. You know, pre-computer days, and uh, yeah, well, I mean, was it a question of grinding through newspapers? It, it was a question of grinding through newspapers, but also um, the official straw books. Some of the counties, not all of them, some of the counties have still had their official straw books. And of course, we uh, had to take notice of, of what they had in the straw bush, despite the fact that some of them were obviously <laughs> inaccurate. I mean, I found that early on with Warwickshire. What a name, a name here. We had a scorer called Charlie Grove, and earlier, for many, many years, a scorer called George Austin. And I don't think either could have two in one quite probably. <laughs> and the the straw books, their straw, the original straw books were full of it, crossings out, alterations, and everything like that. And I found that some of the straws didn't dug up right, <laughs> so I'm afraid I had to adjust some of them. And I think that was the case with quite a few counties. Worcestershire, I know that they destroyed all all their early straw books. Uh, that, so that handicap, Tim Nielsen, mm. he still he still produced the figures, mm. um, and uh, oh, that's right. This is it. Uh, with Worcestershire, they did have some early straw books, and uh, they had a terrific uh, a secretary called Mike Buckins. I got in touch with him. I said, "We're doing uh, Worcestershire figures. Do you understand? You've got some." Early straw books. Oh no, he said we had them, but uh, they weren't any of any interest. So they've been destroyed, <laughs> and that, the same thing happened with Gloucestershire. Uh, we, we did Gloucestershire, and uh, one of their ex-players, who I can't remember what it was, he said he'd seen them being thrown on the bonfire. Honestly. <laughs> well, well, if, if so, they, they were rescued, I'm pleased to report. Oh. Roger Gibbons has, has oh. quite a trove of them over at Gloucestershire now. Yeah. How, how early, though? The earliest I've seen, and they're the ones I requested, 1882. Oh, crikey. Oh, well, yeah. you know more than I do, then, because I, I was told that uh, they were seen being taken to a bonfire, but obviously they were rescued. I didn't know that, actually. It comes a great relief to you. It breaks my heart hearing things like this. Yeah. <laughs> but there are there are other counties. Uh, most of the other counties weren't too bad, actually. Now, now I come to think of it. But it was Worcestershire who were the worst. Because Mr. Vockings actually said, nobody's interested. <laughs> but I happened to be in a more or less a junk shop in Birmingham one day, and I found a very early Worcestershire straw book from the 1850s, and I bought it. It cost me £100. <laughs> and uh, there's a bit of a story about this, and I don't know how much I should say. I kept this straw book at my home at the time, and then about five years ago, I loaned it to a chap, uh, I'm not going to name him, because he was. He said he was doing a history of Worcestershire, and so I loaned him this early straw book, and then a year or two later, I thought it was about to have it back, and he sold it, and sold it to the Worcestershire Club. <laughs> so, uh, and he got a four-figure fee for it. So I, I'm afraid mm. I sued him. Mm. I'm not going to name him. No. And I got the money, but uh, it destroyed my faith, really, in uh, cricket statisticians. I wanted to know a bit more about you now. We've, we've spoken about your time on the committee, but we don't know much about your biography. Uh, where were you born? Okay. Uh, tell us a bit about your early cricket, uh, your induction into cricket lore, as it were. I was born in a place called Solihull which is about three miles from where we are now, to a, a family who, um, my father had been a fairground boxer, among other things, but he, he, he started earning his living uh, as a, a decorator, 
it had the slightest interest in cricket, uh, nor had my mother. <laughs> but for some reason, I used to follow the straws in, in our newspapers. Uh, we had a, I can't remember what newspaper we had, but they had the straws in there. And I started following them and following them, and then I started compiling my own averages, which I'm sure were extremely inaccurate. And uh, so it went on, and then I started going to, going to see Warwickshire at Edgbaston, because I didn't live far away from there. And then they used to produce a yearbook with some, some averages and records, and I, I bought the yearbook when I was nine years old at the time. And I started looking through it, I thought, well, some of these records don't agree with what I've done. And uh, so I didn't know what to do. So anyway, I wrote to the man who was the, I was about 11 years old by then, who was the, the statistician of Warwickshire, a chap called Ted Hampton. And he it was obvious he wasn't the slightest bit interested. So for several years, I didn't do anything. But then I met Dennis Lambert in a pub, not far from here, which started talking about cricket and everything like that. And I told him that I'd had the problems with Warwickshire and anyway. And that by that time, I'd become a member of Warwickshire. And so I wasn't very old, you know. And so uh, we started compiling figures and everything like that. And uh, when, one year when I was in my twenties, oh well, some other things happened to me, but uh, they aren't of interest to cricket people. But uh, A.C. Smith got talking to me at Edgbaston mm. one day. He didn't know who I was, mm. and I said, "Oh, you know, I'm interested in statistics." And he said, well, "Strangely enough, we're." We're after a new statistician. Hmm. I said, oh my God. So I became the Warwickshire statistician with no background whatsoever. Hmm. And, uh, but I was the Warwickshire statistician for about 20 years. But the situation changed there. A.C. Smith went on to, to other things and Dennis Amis became he, he took charge of things and he didn't seem to like me very much and he appointed somebody else's statistician and I was uh, I was out <laughs> I didn't really mind but uh, so that was my background in cricket that was all it was I hardly played mm. when I did play I wasn't very good and uh, but I did watch a lot I mean I watched my first match at Edgbaston were when I was nine, 1949. Can you remember the match? Yeah, <coughs> Warwickshire against the New Zealand tourists. What I, the thing about that match I remember is rather strange. I, I was with my father because he took me, although he wasn't interested, and we were sitting on what was the popular side of Warwickshire, is the, is the Holly stand up in there. Mm. And, uh, a New Zealand player called Mervyn Wallace, he hit the ball over the stand and into the river. <laughs> and I can see that now. At least I think I can. <laughs> you know, right over and in, 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 into the river. And uh, Then my father disappeared and he told me years later he was in the bar. But I didn't mind. I was watching the cricket and everything. Oh, it was great. I thought it was great. And I never... Every, I never missed a season after that until about two years ago uh, when I saw my last match at Edgbaston and by that time I couldn't see well enough of that. I was at the New Zealand Test match actually. I knew it was hopeless. I mean, I couldn't see well enough and yeah. fortunately um, Norman Rogers was there with me among others. So I said to him, Norman, I said, I have to go. I said, he's no good. Yeah. And I've not been on a cricket ground since.
That is two years ago, I think. Good. Last time England played New Zealand at Hedgeston. Yeah. Well, that would have been last year, wouldn't it? Oh, was it last year? Yeah, yeah. It's right. yeah. even longer ago than that. <laughs> it's, uh, I've never been to a match since, and I shan't be going to a match since because I don't see any point if I try and see see what's happening, you know. Because I, I, I've got an, <coughs> an inherited eye condition, you see. Right. I blame all the statistics, but it's not that really. I mean, in my mother's family, some of the men, they started losing their eyesight. <laughs> and uh, that's what happened with me, unfortunately. Do you listen to the game on the radio? No, not, not much anyway. Right. No, occasionally I do. I, or I had it on, have the highlights on television. Yeah. Yeah. And as long as I'm fairly close to the, the screen, I can see it all right, actually. Can I, can I ask you a, an, another question? It's completely different. Um, yeah. I've got a copy of your book on John Shilton. Oh, God. What, um, what, 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 what was it that triggered your interest in, in, in him? Well, I can tell you exactly, actually. One of the first wisdoms I, one of the first early wisdoms I had, I bought, was it had his obituary in there, and it said, Personally, he was quite a character, but now is not the, the, the place to go into it. I thought, oh, that's that's classic wisdom. <laughs> yeah, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. I'll, I'll try and find out a bit. And I was astonished how much I did find out. I, it, it was incredible because, first of all, I thought, oh, I'll have to check up on his, his date of birth and place of birth. And according to wisdom, According to the, the Warwickshire records, he was born in Coventry in 1857. I checked on that. I did find a John Shilton born in Coventry in 1857, but like hell was he the cricketer? <laughs> he wasn't. He was a cousin. And what happened was, uh, uh, well, I'm uh, ahead, of, ahead of myself here. I thought, well, what the hell happened? But anyway, I thought... Uh, Wonder if there are any Shiltons around in Yorkshire, but I, because I, I decided he was what I suspected a Yorkshireman, mm. and I, I went up there and I, I found his grave in Sedber, and I found out where he was born. His father was station master at a Horbury Junction railway station in Yorkshire, but. His this was his father, sorry, did I say his father-in-law? His father, mm. but his father was a Warwickshire man. Uh, and anyway, I thought, well, oh, there's not much really to go on, so I went into a, a pub. This is the absolute truth. I went into a pub at Murfield in Yorkshire, mm. and I inquired if they had a customer, or if they knew anybody, called Shilton. And the barmaid said, oh, you mean Jack Shilton? I said, oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> she said, oh, yeah, she's, he's one of our regular customers. And I hadn't a clue that he was still living in that area or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And she told me where he lived, and I went up, up to the place, and he was at work, um, saw his wife, and she said, oh, <laughs> this is... Sounds unbelievable, really. She said, oh, would, would you like to come in? I said, well, yeah, yeah, I, I would like to come in. Yeah. She said, we've got a trunk <laughs> upstairs of giving all the family history. <laughs> I said, oh, good God. And she brought some stuff down and she got his diary. And, it's, and it had all the details of his birth and... His fall from grace. He went to South Africa, went to prison in South Africa for stealing from a shop, honestly. Mm -hmm. And I found all that and everything like that. And uh, then she said oh, her husband would be interested. And she said he'll be at home tomorrow. So I stayed over uh, at a nearby hotel, boarding house within. When there is a drug, drug, 
this chap, Jack Shields, and he, he was a real character. God, Granny said, well, was Uncle Johnny that good? I said, well, he thought he was. It <laughs> <laughs> was this Jack Shilton. He was Johnny Shilton's nephew, <laughs> great nephew, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that was. <laughs> and anyway, we became friends. Yeah. And once or twice, I'd go up to Yorkshire and we'd have a few drinks because he liked uh, the drink, like. His celebrated uncle, mm. and uh, I, I traced all the addresses of Johnny Shilton, the cricketer, that I could find. I visited them and took photographs of them, which sort of which appeared in in the book actually. Mm. Mm. And then I found a pub in Yorkshire which he kept and went bankrupt, mm. and then found another pub. In Birmingham, that went bankrupt, <laughs> and then he, by the, by this time, he was uh, suffering from ill. Well, if you've got the book, you know mm. what happened. Mm. He was uh, he uh, he was sent to South Africa to recuperate from he had bronchitis, asthma, but uh, he enjoyed himself there. He played a bit and. He went to prison. <laughs> he came back to, I don't know how to, he could afford to come back to England actually, but he came back and, and it ended there where I, I invited Jack Shorten and his wife up to Edgbaston to meet the, uh, well, to meet the people of Warwickshire. I mean, uh, what the people they met was the son of, uh, of the county secretary at the time that Jack Shilton was uh, playing and this chap, uh, Mr Ryder, he said, oh, he said, you still owe father 20 pounds. He didn't mean, I think he did owe him. But he, uh, <laughs> and, uh, oh God. And, uh, and then he he went back to Yorkshire, and we remained friends till he died. Mm. There's some very lucky coincidences. Well, it was unbelievable. Yeah, actually. yeah, fantastic. It's absolutely unbelievable. I mean, the fact that I went into the pub, of all the pubs in Yorkshire, mm. I went into the pub where where this chap, uh, where this chap, this chap drank. <laughs> it's, it's extraordinary. And uh, well, that was the. More or less the story of my adventures with Johnny Shilton, mm. and uh, I'm sure that he was guiding me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I met his because he he did have three children. Uh, two of them died quite young, but uh, what he had a, a daughter who lived into adulthood and married and everything like that and I met her daughter and she said and she I traced her to an address in Liverpool can't remember how I traced her but I did and I went to see her and she said well something like well before you say anything else I'm not the slightest bit interested in my grandfather she said and when he died her mother she said, that's the last time I'll ever mention that name. Mm. I said, oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> I, I sort of smoothed things over a bit, but she wasn't mm. interested. Mm. And the trouble was, she she saw, told me she had a son who lived in Birmingham. But she said, I'm sorry, I'm not going to tell you his address or details, she said, because we don't uh, accept my grandfather. Mm. So, although I found, I was told that Johnny Shilton's grandson lived in Birmingham, I don't know where he lived. Mm. And there were t too many Shiltons to, uh, to trace, you know, to trace him. It's a shame. There you go. <laughs> did, did you ever have as much interest in any other player as that? Or was yeah, that years later, F.R. Foster. Ah, yes. Yeah. Again, I don't know why. Uh, 
because he was a different person entirely to Johnny Shilton because he was an amateur and he became a Warriorshire captain and then well his life went sour <laughs> have you had that book I, I have a copy of it I don't yeah, know if you I have a I don't oh, you, you, uh, you read what happened to him mm. that sort of person seems to trap me actually <laughs> so, uh, because he he had everything he you know, he, his family firm were, were Jen Southfield as well, they? Foster Brothers. Right. And uh, he, he had everything. He, he threw it all away. And he ended up in a mental hospital, of course. Mm. And uh, it was a fluke. I found that, actually. I found that out. And uh, I can't remember how I did find it out. Because the people at Edgbaston, they didn't want to know. Leslie Deakins, who I had always admired, you know, he was a secretary for many mm. years, but he wouldn't help me on, on Frank Foster. He said, I think he said, don't you think we should let him rest in peace? <laughs> I thought, oh, love that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad I, uh, I worked on him. And, uh, and of course, the booklet appeared, but I had to make the book short, much shorter than I wanted to, because the ACS said they couldn't afford a, a bigger book. Mm. But uh, what did you think of it, anyway? Yeah, it was good. Good. Yeah. I mean, those, those. Um, uh, I think Rodney and I are both interested in that sort of period. Uh, yeah. And, and the sort of Victorian and Edwardian period, yeah. and. Uh, yeah. um, there's the sort of such a variety of characters of that around that time. Yeah. yeah, I think that's why I'm more interested in that. I was more interested in that sort of period mm. because, as as you say, a lot of characters around at the time. Whereas in, I don't know, I can't see to sum up as much interest now. I don't know why. I don't know if it's me or or what, but uh, I'm, I'm still interested in. Cricket. I still want England to win, hmm. and uh, I was disappointed that they couldn't retain the Ashes. Actually, oh, no. couldn't win the Ashes, right? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, and uh, but I, I do think that they've got to, England have got to make start to make some decisions. I mean, they had one made for them when uh, the fast bowler retired, Broad, yeah. Broad, but. I think it was the wrong man who retired. I think it should be uh, Anderson. Anderson. He took five wickets in the series, didn't he? Mm. And I watched it a lot on TV, and they say, oh, he's probing pro, pro and prodding. He never looked I'd taken any wickets. Mm. And at his age, he's never going to, is he? Mm. And I think he should have retired. And perhaps Rory should have carried on for another year or two. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Mm. But I think it was a mistake to bring back Moeen Ali as well. I mean, he's not fit. And that showed when he was playing, didn't he? Well, he struggled in the last test, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, he's been struggling for fitness for a year or two. Mm. And they're not going to build a side if they don't give the young players a chance, are they? Shut up, Rob. That was really great. Do you have anything? Well, I was going to just going right back to the beginning of the ACS. I just um, uh, was interested in knowing more about how the how the association kept in touch with its members, and you know, um, there was obviously the journal, yeah. and there was the sort of occasional meetings. But it yeah. was it was it sort of was 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 that it, or was that the was it, right? yeah, that so, was it. and yeah. correspondence between different yeah, yeah. different working yeah, groups? Right. There was a lot of. Uh, Correspondence, of course, but that was, that was about it. Mm. And I, it shouldn't have flourished like it did. I mean, I, honestly, I, I don't know how it did flourish like it did. You know, we, we were lucky. We must have been lucky. But I think it showed there was a place for it. People didn't know me or Dave Lambert, but uh, I think we did well. Mm. Mm. Must have been down a lot down to the, the sort of. Um, 
uh, energy and enthusiasm of a small group of people to keep it keep it going. And, oh God, it was, and, yeah. and, and I mean, yeah. and and word of mouth, I suppose, to yeah. Um, yeah. expand the membership. Yeah, but really, I don't really know how it all happened. <laughs> Honestly, it sounds yeah, as you say, word of mouth, everything like that. But I don't really know how how it flourished like it did. Hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, there were some people who I, strangely, uh, some people who I thought were going to be members, but they didn't join. Hmm. I can't think of any now, but uh, I do remember one. He was, at the time, the MP for my local constituency, and he used the same pub I used in Hampton and Island, a chap called John Taylor. Hmm. And he said, oh, Rob, he said, that's great. He said, I'll join. <laughs> and he said, oh, good, John. He said, uh, I can't pay you now, but he said, I'll I never did join. Mm. But that had been something that we could have said, listed, or oh, new member, John Taylor MP, sorry, oh, mm. I ended up by not liking him, but that's, <laughs> that's another story. I suppose, I suppose there would be, there would have been sort of little adverts in cricket magazines, oh, yeah, yeah, that was yeah, a way of attracting yeah, attention. Yeah, I that out, didn't I? Uh, when Dennis Lambert and I decided to have a go, we inserted adverts in uh, the Cricketer. Mm. And also there was another magazine, the Playfair Monthly, mm. and we inserted an adverts in there and had quite a good response. Mm. Not huge, but good, you know. Mm. And some people say, uh, seem to have the wrong idea of what we were about. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, and then just sort of roll the trophy, you know. Mm. And all of a sudden, membership was a hundred. I remember Dennis Lambert saying to me after we realised the membership was a hundred. He said, "God, I never thought we'd get this far." <laughs> he said, I, th "I think we reached the limit." <laughs> and I agreed with him. Like hell, we had it's over a thousand of them now, actually. I think 800, 900, oh, isn't it? Oh, well. It, it, was, it, it was certainly over, it was over a thousand. It was over a thousand, uh, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, so probably yeah. the 90s or yeah. early 2000s. Yeah, but uh, we both agree we never imagined it would uh, get that far. And I think Dennis Lambert, he, you know, he was, a, he was an accountant. He had his own own job and everything like that, an important job. I think he found it was a bit much for him, whereas I, I didn't. I, well, I had a job, but wasn't all that interested in it, so it didn't matter if I had time off, you know. And uh, in the end, I gave up my job, actually. For a few months, the ACS was my uh, my my own only interest, and I, I went around, around Went around, uh, oh yeah, that's right. I, I saw the people who wrote to me. I, I went and called on them, you know, not just around the Midlands, but we had the, the, the chap in Harrow, uh, Phil Bannon. He seemed so interested, I thought, oh, I'll go and call on him. I think he was quite amazed, <laughs> And he's still a member, mm. at least he was last time I heard about it. Right. And, uh, there are others, so, oh, and yeah, that's right. Tony Woodhouse. Mm. Do you, yes, yes, I mean, Tony. Um, he, he inquired about us, and uh, I, wrote, I wrote, I said, yeah, yeah. He said, and then he came back, he said, oh, him and somebody else would like to invite us to, me and Lambert, to lunch in Leeds. So, uh, oh, we went up there. I don't know if you met Tony, did you? Mm, mm. He had a rather loud voice. Mm. And, it, <laughs> and we were in this hotel and after lunch and I heard another customer in the bar heard him say, oh, for God's sake. Well, I don't think Tony heard him say that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but Tony, he was great. He was a, Absolutely great. Yeah. I went to stay with him once and uh, um, he took me around all oh, hell of a lot of the 
the club grounds in Yorkshire and uh, he dropped me sorry to do this is what else more I said oh yeah good there <laughs> sorry if I don't sound much like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then he would go hey, did I was born there no Tony Wilfred Rose <laughs> oh, oh yeah good he <laughs> <laughs> was great yeah <laughs> you did meet him did you yes I did I yeah. did because what because um and his wife? Yes, his yes, and she's still active. Is uh, she still she's, around? She's still, she's still, yeah. uh, I'm a member of Wimwell Cricket. Oh, so she's still, yeah. um, she, she, she's, she attends those meetings. I went to one once, many years ago. I can't remember who was speaking. Hmm. And I, I know somebody who was there was, he's well known as a, a, a cricket writer now. I know, I can't remember his name, but mm. I met mm. the chef there, and uh, we're still, if he sees me now, he's still, mm. uh, he knows who I am. <laughs> am, am, I, am I right in remembering that you you started a cricket, a, re, a regular cricket magazine in the late 70s? Yeah. So cricket, cricket scores. Cricket, well, cricket. Uh, well me and Peter Wynne Thomas yes. started one. Uh, yes. Cricket News. Cricket News, that's right, I used to yeah. get that. It was a darn good magazine, I yes. tell you. But nobody bought it. <laughs> well, not enough people no, bought it. No. And, <laughs> and how long were we, were we going? About three years, was it? Yes, I think so. I remember getting it in the late 70s, I would yeah, say, probably yeah. 78 onwards. Yeah. I seem to remember, well, maybe, yes, I think it was 78 it maybe started, maybe for about three years. Yeah. It was a different sort of coloured, there was a different coloured yeah, cover every... That's right. Was, yeah. it, was it weekly or monthly? Or? Well, in the season, it was weekly, I think, maybe fortnightly. I'm not mm. quite sure now. Mm. But off-season, it was monthly. Mm. And, uh, God, I enjoyed that. <laughs> and I say it's... Pretty nobody bought the thing. <laughs> uh, and actually, I can tell you this: uh, quite a few of the articles under strange names I wrote. <laughs> Peter Wintowers was more the—I well, don't know what he was—but he financed us for a start. Right. And he paid me. And uh, oh yeah. Had a lot of fun. I'd say we had a, little, a lot of fun. We weren't doing any living, but we had a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, it was a shame that uh, had to fold. He told, I remember him saying that he called me on the phone. He said, "I'm afraid we had it." I said, "Oh dear." And I said, <laughs> "He'd been advised by his accountant that we shouldn't carry on." As I say, he wasn't paying me much. <laughs> I was just getting by. And but I used to take God, I can't remember these things now, I'm afraid. But there was an, another cricket publication uh, that uh, we used to do the Minor Counties Annual for a start. Do you ever have that? Yeah, I think that still goes, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. I think that's still going. Well, not... Not, not in, not didn't. in, no, right. Uh, because ours was a darn good annual. <laughs> and I used to take it up to the printers uh, not far from here every Monday morning. And I used to stay there while the type was set. Hmm. And then I'd, I'd, yeah, and then uh, I'd say, uh, I'd send the set, set type, set type back to. Peter Wintowers, and he had a, a printing machine, and he would print it. <laughs> so it was a very much a, I don't know what I'd call it now. <laughs> a DIY affair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think people realise how much, though. I mean, I <clears throat> had my phone number in, in it, and more than once I had calls it. Asked you for, for our, our editorial department. <laughs> 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 Oh, would you hold the line, please? <laughs> I said I'd try and change my voice. You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is the 
truth, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I told David Frith that, and he said he, he had that sort of problem where he had his own magazine. And he said, I think he said he used to make telephone noises with his lips <laughs> as if he was putting the caller through to another department. <laughs> but, uh, oh, that's right. Um, anyway, we, uh, cricket news collapsed and I had to get a proper job, which was a, uh, had several jobs actually. And then, Oh, yeah, then the cricketers started to give me a lot of work, which helped a hell of a lot. Mm. And uh, so I survived. I used to have a, my own page in the cricketer, do you remember? In the 80s? Oh, 80s and 90s. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. Oh, God, I loved it. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, so was it a regular column or yeah. did it have a consistent theme? No, it was uh, called milestones, right. and people uh, either I would write about something that I'd thought of, or uh, somebody would write to me, write to the magazine, and say, you know, "What about this? Has, has this happened? Has, has this happened before?" And uh, I was that was in flung over to me, and I'd have to try and find out. You know, <laughs> it's. Uh, had some funny letters as well. Oh, somebody said I, I was biased against Kent. <laughs> I was not biased against anybody. <laughs> and that was because I did an article on wicket keepers. Uh, and I found out that although they had some terrific wicket keepers, their average take per match, which one's all that high? Mm. I think that was what it was. So. I, of course, I didn't include them, and I had this uh, letter from a Kent member or supporter and said I was biased against mm. Kent. Well, I wasn't. Had they had a bit of a wicked creeper, I'd have included. Yeah, I, I think that was what it was. Mm. You know, I mm. know it was changing. I know it involved because he mentioned Godfrey Evans, Leslie Ames, and I'm not. And I, he said. According to his records, Leslie Ames had taken a lot more wickets than I'd uh, given him credit for. And I thought, oh, I've got him here, <laughs> because he was including the the matches, his catches, after he gave up wicket-keeping, <laughs> which I'd made sure I'd said I'd ignored those. So I was able to say, you read the bloody article, <laughs> you know why. Ames's figures aren't in agreement with your figures. I never had an answer from him. Mm. <laughs> but it was lovely. It was great. <laughs> and, uh, oh dear. Sorry, I feel quite exhausted. <laughs>